I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. hitter edition apparently a little late to the fact but still that's okay i'm andrew mernst joined by kunj what's up Corey kluber threw a new hitter and uh the rangers are just bad at hitting apparently yeah they they didn't get a single hit in that baseball game which is the definition of a no hitter yes it is i had considered leading into this segment by being like and now we're here to talk about that no hitter from last week that will live on in our brains forever spencer turnbull (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah it really is the year of the no hitter yeah like not even 24 hours before Corey kluber threw his no hitter you know spencer turnbull the tigers threw a no hitter against the mariners and then Corey kluber's like oh man if spencer turnbull can do it then i'm gonna add this to my career resume basically i mean he joins 2021 pitching legends like wade miley and uh throwing a no hitter but hey what i did like about Corey kluber's no hitter was that he was pretty damn good and like sometimes that that goes without saying considering it's you know a no hitter but he was incredibly sharp even just in terms of how he mastered the opposing batters there were a lot of lots of swings and misses lots of weak weak contact it really didn't even feel like he was bailed out by any tremendous defensive play like a Dwayne Wise catch or the Mark Burley perfect game robbing a home run there's nothing really even close that looked like they came to getting a hit no, for sure. And I mean, when you're running out Tyler Wade and, and right field and he's making plays for you and, you know, it's still not even like something you want to worry about because of just how easy everything looked, that means he was just in control. <laughs> yeah, total subplot of that game was uh, Ryan Lamar dying and then yes. <laughs> Tyler Wade being like, oh, yep, we're going to throw you out in right field. So good luck. Hey, Tyler Wade was the real hero of that game. Yeah, hey, he got the run. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> No, but it was, you know, it was, it was really cool. I know like a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the Effectively Wild podcast that had like, had that question about whether, well, what's more impressive today in today's game, like a no-hitter or a Maddox. And so like, that's actually what I was tracking for Kluber the whole time. But he, obviously he, he didn't get the Maddox. He was at 101 pitches. So close. So if not, if not for that walk, Ugh, he might've he had a perfect game. Terrible. And you know what? You know what? Fire him. Yeah. You know what? Release him after the no hitter. <laughs> DFA. DFA. It's like we're we're done with you, guy. Kluber, more more like boober. Roasted him. Yeah. It. <laughs> this yeah, was no. like a real culmination of basically the past month of great progress for Kluber from the slow start that he got off to when it looked like he struggled to even make it to the fifth inning, and now like just in the past month he's had he had an eight inning start earlier, and now he just went nine innings throwing a no hitter, which 
was pretty incredible. And he had a lot of that old magic that I think a lot of people, including myself, even though I was a bit more optimistic about the Kluber signing, I didn't know that his stuff from his Cy Young Award winning years would come back even in one start like that. But that was something special. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of like no hitter fatigue going around and I get it, but you know, I'd be lying if I wasn't saying I was all amped up and hyped and nervous during the whole thing. Like it's obviously very special still, even especially for Kluber, just because of, you know, what we, what you discussed, like what he's coming back from and all that. And the fact that he's doing it for the Yankees. Like, so it's easy for us to kind of just, you know, haha, no hitter, whatever. And there's obviously still a little bit to that, but it was still just something very special to watch. I mean, we haven't seen a, no, a Yankees no-hitter since, what, David Cones, right? Right, yeah. Basically, I totally get everyone else around the league with the reaction to Kluber the way it seemed to be, which is just like, okay, great, yeah, whatever, because there's no reason for them to care about a, another no-hitter, really, let alone a Yankees no-hitter. Uh, Yankees fans are never never have any real right to ask for like, oh, why is that anyone be happy for me? Yeah, we, we get it. We're Yankees fans. It's fine. <laughs> yes. But but in this moment, we can acknowledge that, that that was a really great moment to be a Yankees fan, just because it had been so long since there was even like a deep no-hitter attempt by a Yankees pitcher. They were going back, like other than the Mike Messina near-perfect game, screw you, Carl Everett, which was already 20 20 years ago this year, um, right. there had been no no hitter carried into the ninth by any Yankees pitcher. Like the deepest that anyone, anyone had gone was like the eighth inning, seventh inning sometimes. Phil yeah, <laughs> Phil Hughes. I know CeCe Sabathia had a deep attempt at one point, but none of them went to the ninth. And this was no incredible work by Kluber. For real. And like, on, you know, that ninth inning, like I didn't know that I could like feel or hear my heartbeat. It's not something I've ever considered or noticed, but like that ninth inning, I did. I was like, oh crap, that's a thing I didn't know I could do. And like, I honestly got a little emotional at the end of it. Like, you know, I wasn't like bawling my eyes out or anything, but like there was a, there was a little bit of waterworks in, in the, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. This is very special. Yeah. Because as you said, he came back from so much. He pitched just the one inning last year. He ends up getting the no-hitter at the very place where his season began and ended last year in Texas and barely pitched it all since the start of 2019. So this is a a lot that he had to come back from just to get on the mound, let alone pitching well. And to see him channel that 2016 magic basically against the Rangers was just awesome. The no hitter coming on the road too that hadn't happened for a Yankees pitcher since 1951. All these other no hitters and in almost all living memory were at Yankee stadium, but this one came on the road. Yeah. And pretty much, yeah, exactly everything. And, you know, apparently he kind of set the bar for the rest of the rotation following him afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently now everyone's just Garrett Cole now because they haven't allowed a run since Jameson Tyone's last start. Not his most recent start, but right. his last start on uh, May 18th. <laughs> Look, we've just obviously discussed Jameson Tyone's season, and if he's going five innings and not allowing a run, they're doing something crazy right now. Yeah, that was a, a real much-needed start for him on Sunday against the White Sox. Even though the Yankees swept them, that's still a very good team. And for him to, you know, handle them over those five innings would be a big step forward to hopefully, you know, getting back to some form and Jordan Montgomery yeah, too, who's, who's even better. Right. And um, just, just to go back to Tyone for a second, like yeah. it was definitely something I think much needed, not just for him, but also for the team because they've definitely struggled closing out series. Yeah. Like, 
I know there's some rah-rah, like Boone kind of takes a series win and he's just kind of okay with that and just wants to kind of go along, which I don't buy into at all because I just think that's just straight bullshit. (laughs) So it was just nice to kind of get the win and obviously Tyon put them in a very good position to do that. They still ended up letting the White Sox tie the game and then having to walk it off with a walk-off walk, but it wasn't that Tyon had struggled and then the offense was going to have to kind of just come around and do their thing and fight even harder he put them in a very good position and it was much needed for both the team and for him yeah and it's been nice to see the Yankees offense show some fight late in some of these games too because while they're still not like fully hitting their stride they did have a good game in the middle of the series with when it scored seven runs of the seven nothing win it's still been a lot of fighting for runs here and there but they came up big late they got the walk-off hit by Glaber on Friday and then of course the judge shrimp on Sunday right after they had coughed up a ninth inning lead and that was a tough one too because the White Sox have been fighting slowly fighting back to get to tie the game in the ninth inning for they'd come a little bit closer on that home run that really shouldn't have been a home run if that one Yankees fan hadn't gotten in uh, Frazier's yeah. way on the Yasmani Grandal fly ball. PSA from PSA. Just let the outfielders catch the ball. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, stop. Just stop. Stop your shit. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had to yell at you in a few weeks, Yankees fans, but like, don't make us start doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's weird because like the offense is done enough to help them win six games in a row now, but it's weird because it still doesn't feel like they've really hit their stride. Because it's a lot of just Glaber Torres just destroying baseball. Yeah, Glaber has been on a roll since coming back from the COVID IL and Judge has been pretty strong too. Yeah, in the last week, so, you know, he obviously missed that. Those uh, He came back on the 19th. Since then, over five games, he's hitting 611. He has an on base of 632, slugging 833. Like, yeah, my no guy, play. that'll do. Yes, Glaber has been in control. Judge has been in control. We're still looking to see a little bit more, but it's great to see the starting rotation again, as they pretty much have all season long in the two months, have been picking them up. It's easy for the offense to know that they can at least stay in the game when they're pitching, when they're starting pitching is literally allowing zero runs. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's been a lot warmer weather, at least here in the New York, New Jersey areas. Uh, The last like week, especially has been very, very warm. I hope that kind of, is a sign of things to come just with the offense picking up a little you know obviously we've talked about plenty about how it's been down around the league you know with the dead and ball and all that so maybe warmer weather will kind of help get things going from that perspective so it'll it'd just be nice to see some runs and not have to you know live through like 15,000 stressful like one nothing games two nothing games two one games it would also be nice to not have to worry as much about them running into dumb outs on the base paths because that's just like the one thing that they seem to still be doing man it's so bad (laughs) and some of them are you know bang bang baseball plays yeah, it's a risk that maybe makes some sense. But it just seems to be happening so often for this team. They lead the league in runners thrown out on the base pads, and that's getting to be kind of tedious. Yeah, like, you know, you're going to be thrown out on the bases. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to go, like, without any out on the base for the whole season. That's fine. It's okay to even have, like, a decent amount or whatever, as long as it's, you know, like you said, like, the race or anything like that. But some of them have just been like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, some brain farts going on out there. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I haven't been this mad about like the Yankees base running since like Rob Thompson was on the third base coach. I was like, what the hell is happening here? Always do the opposite of what Thompson says. <laughs> yeah. There's just been, like so many like going for it when they shouldn't have or like, you know, not going for it. Even sometimes it's not even just the uh, 
getting thrown out. Sometimes it's like, hey, I feel like he could have made it. Why are you being very conservative here? But then also putting up the, the go sign on like other plays where it's just way too close. And some are just over. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little weird. That could be that could be cleaned up, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, speaking of getting things cleaned up, we probably are not going to see Aaron Hicks for the the rest of the year since he's getting that uh the wrist surgery for the torn tendon sheath, which is something that I think we all saw coming the moment we heard about it because that doesn't really sound like something you can really come back from with just anti-inflammatories. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously, you know, unfortunate because Yankees outfield without Hicks is very, very scary. Even. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, Judge is on, uh, sorry, not Judge, Stanton's on the IL right now, though he should be coming back, I think, tomorrow. Yeah, I think they uh, said there's a really good chance that he'll be back tomorrow. And if not, probably sometime later in the week. So Right. And like the, the when he originally went on the IL, like the 25th was his like target return date. So I don't think there's anything like major setback or anything that we've seen or heard of yet. And I think even Aaron Boone just discussed that, you know, it seems very good, uh, very good chances of him coming back. But Stanton's obviously not playing the outfield a lot. So you really have just Judge now Gardner Frazier, who missed some time last week with what was just diagnosed he's dealing with some neck things or something neck like that. stiffness. <laughs> yeah. He had some neck things going on. Yeah. So they had an outfield of Andujar, Gardner, and then Lamar turned into Tyler Wade from left to right going for a while, just giving Judge some DH days. And that was not something you would expect from like the 2021 Yankees. Yeah. And Duhar in left field is uh, almost as much of an adventure as he is a third base. Yeah. I mean, he's had some quote unquote decent games. And by that mean, I mean, like we haven't noticed him out there a couple times, <laughs> which yeah. is like it's like the, it's like the old umpire rule, right? If I know your name, it's probably not for a good reason. Yep. <laughs> if I don't know your name as an umpire, that means you're doing a good job. Yeah. So like if I, if, if I don't see Enduhar's name being called out, there's no fly ball to left, and he's out there. Yeah, he had a great game as a left fielder, <laughs> but he's also had some serious, serious, interesting plays. But like it's to be expected with somebody who has pretty much no, very little to no experience out there. Um, there was that one, I think it was in Friday or Saturday's game against the White Sox, I think it was, where Gardner had called it from center field and Endor was just like, no, 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 it's mine. And he just kind of kept running along, got in his way. <laughs> that was so graceful. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, maybe go get an outfielder, Cashman. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that that is the plan long term. It does look like right now they're just going to sort of roll with what they have since they'll get Stanton back on the roster soon. And then Judge will be appearing out there a bit more. And I guess they're OK with Tyler Wade being your backup outfielder guy and Andrew Har being thrown out there. But we'll see how long that keeps on going, because if they were desperate enough to call up Ryan Lamar in that instance, then it feels like they might not be super comfortable with the way things are. But hey, if, we, if what we're talking about right now is what's the Yankees backup outfield situation, then yeah, I guess things are going OK. Yeah. And for what it's worth, like as much as, you know, we were talking about Andujar as an outfielder, Tyler Wade didn't look too terrible out there. I feel like, you nah. know. He, you know, especially like in Corey Kluber's uh, no hitter that game, like, you know, he made a couple of good reads, a couple of good jumps on the ball where he just kind of, it didn't look like, oh my God, is he going to get there? Whatever. Obviously the one thing you can say about Tyler Wade is his speed. So like, even if he makes a bad read, you know, he has a pretty decent chance of just covering the ground to make up for it. But I know, I don't know. I felt like he looked decent out there. Not somebody I want to throw out there every single day, but in a pinch every once in a while or whatever, I think I'm a little comfortable with it. At least more comfortable than I do are playing the field. For whatever that's worth. Yeah. 
And your token Mike Talkman update is that he has a 662 OPS with the Giants, which is a, a smidge lower than what Gary Sanchez's OPS is. So if you're still pining for Talkman, know that you're also pining for what Gary Sanchez has done to the plate, which is what it is. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Mike Talkman is not good. <laughs> yeah. And again, we bear no ill will toward him. We just no don't care about him. <laughs> he, he's fine, I guess. <laughs> but I, you cannot bring me to care about him. <laughs> no. Well, have fun in San Francisco. Suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but anything else you want to get into? So I'm going to just kind of uh, give a quick uh, Michael King update, as I am one to do. Oh, of course. We need it. He is, unfortunately, off of the top 12 of the leaderboard. Oh, for the no. Reference well, hopefully he'll make his reappearance soon, but the, the top 12 definitely has a lot more of, okay, this makes sense. Maybe not the order. You know, we've been saying that for a couple of weeks, but you know, you got Garrett Cole leading the way, Judge behind them, Glaber Torres behind them, that third Chapman and uh, Corey Kluber throw, uh, round up the top five. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. I guess a no hitter will do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Little, uh, little boost in the old war. <laughs> <laughs> One little fun thing though. So I know, was it like, about a month ago, we were wondering uh, what's going to happen. Will somebody else hit one war before uh, Garrett Cole hits two? Well, so far, Garrett, nobody else besides Garrett Cole has hit two war on the baseball reference page. But he's close to three war. He's at 2.8. <laughs> I just want to see him lap people. <laughs> <laughs> now, now there is a chance that somebody can you know reach two war before he reaches three because Aaron Judge is at 1.9. But it's a close race. (laughs) It's a close race. Oh, man. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is a fairly ridiculous pitcher because, like, again, obviously he had the weird loss on last week against the Rangers early. Then he pitched against the White Sox, and obviously he was a little bit sharper than he was against Texas. But he didn't seem like prime Garrett Cole for him because he walked a few batters, and that just doesn't really happen. And he still threw seven shutout innings. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's the thing about him. Like when he's like off, he's still ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and when he's bad, he's still not bad. Like, yeah, you don't want to give up five runs in an outing or whatever, but he's still not bad. Yeah. He did his job and then some against the White Sox. Yeah. So, although it is crazy over his last two starts, he has five walks oh, before man. that he had three in eight starts. Well, so what you're saying is uh sell high. Yes. But, you know, uh, after that Rangers start, his ERA did shoot to way over two at 2.03. He brought it back down to a 1.81. Also, uh, honorary shout out, just because we were talking about Cole, and it made me think of Cy Young type guys. Jacob deGrom having to face that uh, low A team. And they were just tweeting like, (laughs) we're sad, we're scared. (laughs) The the one tweet was great. It was like, Jacob deGrom is throwing 102. Please send help. (laughs) I feel like you have to have like a sense of humor about it. Otherwise you're just like, Oh yeah. Oh, but, but what was actually really cool about that is um, I, I forgot who it was. I apologize person that I don't remember your name, but somebody was uh, mentioning how they interviewed the, that team that he faced afterwards just to see like 
what that felt like. And they were talking about how they got the scouting report uh, really late the night before on Jacob deGrom, which is just that, you know, he throws very fast. <laughs> and then, but then like, what was really cool about that is like a lot of them went on to like, I will be the show and like pitched as him and then like hit against him just to kind of try and get some work in against him just to see, which like, obviously is not the exact same thing, but I, I don't know. I just, something about that was just kind of cool to me. It's like, what do we do to prep? I don't know. Should we just play the show? Yeah, sure. I guess. <laughs> I just see I just see one of them going up, up to bat like all right put this on rookie mode all right hit hit X X is the power swing X is the power swing <laughs> hope for the best <laughs> hey shout out to um the guy who did not strike out against him and I think someone else reached on an error so hey you're doing stuff yeah because they, they sent out a video of just him and it's like what are we supposed to do against this and then like I was looking at the line I'm like holy crap like, I think we were talking about it on our slack like okay, one person didn't strike out. Congratulations. And then I was like, wait a second. There's somebody actually on base. How the hell did that happen? Even through an error. Good for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hopefully we never have to see Garrett Cole in a rehab start because hopefully he never gets hurt. So that's what I'm going with. It. It'd be nice. Yes, yes. All right. Well, we'll take an ad break and we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So uh, anything else you want to get into? Or should we go into our meet a baby bomber? I think we're good to meet a baby bomber. All right. Who's the baby bomber we're meeting this week from you? So this is a very, very lesser known prospect. I don't think anybody's even heard of him. Okay. Luis Hill. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is, uh, you know, ranked fifth on the Yankees prospects on MLB pipeline. Mm-hmm. He is a right-handed pitcher for Double A Somerset, and he had himself a very, very nice game uh, last week on the twenty-first, where he went four, four and two-thirds innings, allowed two hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. What was crazy about th- what was crazy about that is that was on eighty-two pitches, fifty-seven of them were strikes. <laughs> he hit a hundred on the on the radar gun and was mm-hmm. like sitting around ninety-seven, ninety-nine. You know, it, it's pretty solid and. You know, what's crazy, what's cool about him is that he wasn't signed uh, by the Yankees. He was actually signed for like $90,000 by the Twins back in like 2015. Mm, and, that's right. Right. And then after like the 2016 or 2017 season, the Yankees had uh, designated Jake Cave for assignment. And the Twins were just like, you know what? We need Jake Cave. So they traded, so they, they took on Jake Cave and traded a uh, heel to the Yankees for him. I think so far it's been working out a little bit better in the Yankees end because you know, Jake Cave is still Jake Cave. And uh, right now he's on the IL for the Twins. And because of that little fun fact, Rob Ruffsnyder was called up to play center field ah, for the Twins. Old so the, Twins have some, 
Twins just have some like Yankees organizational legends going on in their system. But at least on the Yankee side, we get to see Louis Teal kind of work his way through the system, get us excited for like, you know, his prospect potential. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But nine Ks in the game and like five innings, that'll, that, that'll do. That'll yeah. play. That's that's pretty that's pretty good stuff. And he's a, a guy who's like going to be a high riser, seems like. And just looking back on JK, what he did in Minnesota, what he I guess what he's still doing because he's not like gone or anything. He's just injured. He was good in 2019 to help them to a playoff spot that year. Uh, so I guess you could say like maybe he helped them some in that regard. But I don't know if in the end it's going to be worth giving up Luis Heel for that. But, you know, when have the twins not taken L's to the Yankees, really? So. <laughs> I mean, so you, what you're saying is he had the one season where he was rake cave, but ever since then, Heel has made it look like a Jake save for the Yankees. Boom. Yes. Correct. You're welcome. Thank Greg you. Kirkland, who I know is listening to this, this was for you. Born <laughs> out for my homies. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, Jake Cave is on the injured list, so. <laughs> I meant Greg. I thought you were talking about him. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, he's just in Minnesota as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he gets to watch a lot of twins baseball. Yeah. Unfortunately, Byron Buxton just like hurt a lot. Otherwise, it'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. All right. But anyway, who are you introducing us to this week? Okay. So this week, my baby bomber name generator turned out Steven Sensley, who is an outfielder for uh, High A Hudson Valley. So I haven't really heard of this guy too much before. So I was glad to look into him a little bit. He was actually drafted three times out of three different schools. Uh, until he finally got taken by the Yankees. First, he was taken out of University High School in Baton Rouge in 2013. Then he was taken out of LSU Eunice, which I never heard of before, in 2015, where he set a school record with 21 homers, but he decided to transfer to University of Louisiana Lafayette rather than going into the pros. And uh, he was drafted out of ULL in 2017. Something fun that I learned about ULL is that um, that's also Ron Guidry's alma mater, and their team name is the ULL Raging Cajuns. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the freaking rules. <laughs> so, the Yankees, like, just like, in, even their, like, minor league teams had just more fun names. <laughs> yeah, I was glad that, like, when Tampa decided to change from just Tampa Yankees, but Tarpons is not really super interesting either, so uh, whatever. It, it's better than Tampa Yankees. I will yeah. give them that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if, like, one of the if, like, Hudson Valley randomly was like, "Hey, we're actually going to be the Pizza Rats now." And trivia to Staten Island. <laughs> God. Oh God. Anyway, uh, back to Stephen Sensley. He hit three fourteen, four seventeen, five seventy six in his final season at ULL. So that definitely caught the Yankees' eye. He was, I think, I mentioned he was drafted in the twelfth round. Uh, he was good in that first year. He zoomed from the rookie league to Low A Charleston while laying waste to the Appalachian League with Pulaski in the process. R.I.P. Pulaski. <laughs> But the problem is that he's hit a bit of a wall since jumping to high A in June 2018. Basically, he's played there since June 2018, and he's hit 208, 289, 366 in 158 games, which equates to just above a 93 WRC+. He's also only played in five games with Hudson Valley this year. I mean, he's he's hit okay, but it's only been the five games, and some other players are playing above him. But I do have it on the record that Nick Swisher is a fan of him. And do you know how I know this? Because on his Instagram, Stephen Sensley posted a video of him hitting a home run set to Tupac. And uh, 
Nick Swisher comments out on it. Let's go! With about seven O's and three exclamation points. Look, if if you're going to have somebody in your corner as a hype man, Nick Swisher is a great one to have as a hype man. But yeah. also, I don't know who Nick Swisher isn't a fan of. Yeah, that, that that's true. I think he's not a fan of Ozzy Guillen. I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, besides him. Yeah, but I like the. I think that this is just Nick Swisher's role with the Yankees. He's just good to say, let's go for random prospects on their Instagram. <laughs> I'm still 100% convinced that they drafted Josh Bro just to have Nick Swisher say bro. Because oh, he was announcing yeah. the Yankees draft pick that year. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We got to do this. It's like they were choosing between two, but like we have to let him have this. <laughs> that was like part of like Nick Swisher's agreement with the team. Like, I need to say bro on TV. <laughs> yeah, like fine. But yeah, that's all I got for Sensley. Hopefully he channels some of that raging Cajun energy again. <laughs> Go Nick Sensley. Hopefully your bet can come around and things will start to make a lot more Sensley. Steven Sensley. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuck on Nick Swisher. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Are you telling me they're not two separate people? I mean, are you telling me they're not one just giant combined being? They're a Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So, shall we go on to the Yankee and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Mitre of the week. <laughs> yes, let's uh, let's go for it. <laughs> got a false start on the horn, too. It's fine. Yeah, it shit happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who you got for but Yankee anyway, of the week? So, I think the Yankee of the week is, like, obvious. After the after the game, I even, like, texted or Slack you. I was just like, hey... Our Yankee of the Week combined just has to be Corey Kluber, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, we talked about it already. He did something that we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, you know, no hitter fatigue notwithstanding. It was still something really special. And just outside of that, like we talked about, he had a fantastic game. He was just calm, controlled the whole time. It didn't look like it was getting away from him. You know, it wasn't just one of those no hitters where they just weren't getting a hit, but he was walking a lot of guys or just looked like it was, he was just getting lucky. No, he, he pitched a great game and it was just all him. Yeah, that's so, the that's the easy pick for Yankee of the Week, honestly. But yeah, <laughs> I will say that just to um, zig a little bit, salute another guy who's been doing great. I, I want to give one. I, I'm going to give my Yankee of the Week to Glaber Torres, just because right. he's come back from the IL so strong. 833 slugging percentage since returning, <laughs> and I know it's only five games, but hey, you know what? He's come back and he's been like, nope, I'm still good. Uh, early April Glaber was a figment of your imagination. Don't worry about him. Yeah, uh, Glaber has been fantastic. We talked about it. And just because of what he's done over the last week, he raises like season average from 234 to 282. That's 50 points in a week. That's not easy to do. Like, you know, we're not in the first week of the season where like one hit will change it drastically one way or the other. You got to really put in the effort to raise it 50 points a month and a half into the season. Still pretty, pretty damn impressive, Glaber. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Glaber good. Kluber good, Glaber good. I do want to give a a special shout out just to Jordan Montgomery too. Oh yeah, Um, that was a great start. So he came out, he threw seven shutout innings, 11 strikeouts against the White Sox team that just demolished left-handed pitching all season. And Tony La Russa notwithstanding, they're one of the best teams in the American League. So for him to come out and do that and bounce back from his start against Baltimore, which was his worst one of the season, I'm not really sure how that happens, but. Like I said last week, if you're going to have a bad start between, like, you know, Baltimore's a fine team to have a bad start against because, like, who cares? They're just whatever. But if you're going to, you know, live up to the live up to the competition and pitch well against the Rays, pitch well against the White Sox, I'll take it. Good for yeah, you, Jordan. He, he, had, he had too many crab cakes the night before. It's fine. <laughs> 
Or maybe he just had a, a big brunch from uh, Miss Shirley's, which I, I deeply miss from my time in Baltimore. Shout out to the uh, um, monkey bread there. <laughs> I've never been to Baltimore, so I cannot relate. <laughs> it is a good place. Don't let I've the heard, people tell I mean, you otherwise. <laughs> I've actually heard very good things about Baltimore. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I will go on. I will, I will turn this into a, oh, about Andrew's dumb three years after college in Baltimore. But that, that is not this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll record a special edition for that. Yeah. Go to Brewer's Art. Anyway. Yeah. Another thing about that Jordan Montgomery star, just him matching zeros against Carlos Rodon, who is also striking out everybody and making the Yankees look very foolish. That was really big for him to like match him zero for zero and give the Yankees a chance to win that game, which they did. Oh, absolutely. It set the tone for the whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you had Garrett Cole go in the second game. Then, like, obviously, with Tyone season, him having the, the, series, the series finisher, you, like, really needed, like, Jordan Montgomery to kind of step up just because you figured that's going to give you your best chance to win this series against, like, we talked about the best team in the AL, prop, uh, potentially. So, him to go out and do that match him zero for zero so the Yankees can squeak out a win, great. Then you have Garrett Cole going the next day. And then, you know, Tyone even stepped up and did his thing. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so we'll go to the Mitre of the week. Who you got? It pains me to say this, but it's DJ LeMayhew. He's not had a very good week at all. You know, in the in the five games since we've last recorded, he has a grand total of two hits and 22 plate appearances. It's not pretty. He has a batting average 111. He's not even getting on pace. He's not even like on base and like walking. He's like he's on base over the last week is 182. Slugging 167. It's, not what you it's, want. It's rough. It's, it's rough. Obviously, you know, he's not the DG LeMayhew this year that we've gotten used to the last, you know, two years of him in pinstripes. So hopefully, you know, he can start to kind of turn things around. Like, I, I kind of ha- had a feeling maybe like the, the dead-end ball was affecting his, like, power numbers or whatever. But even still, without the power, it's just like he's really struggled at the plate the, this, this past week especially. <laughs> Maybe he also had some bad crab cakes. Maybe him too. Yeah, they went out together, and uh, for some because he's an everyday player, it affects him more than Montgomery, who is able to recover. You know, that's how it works, right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, but at least I'm feeling better about DJ than it was earlier in the season. So he'll he'll probably rebound soon. So we'll go with that. Yeah, but yeah, DJ, do better, please. Yeah, I miss the machine. Yeah, my um, my Mitre of the week is uh, going to go to the Phillies and the Blue Jays for doing nothing against the Red Sox and the Rays over the weekend. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, I have, I have a real pick. My real pick is uh, basically Yankees catchers because both Gary and Kyle Higashioka equally share the shitty blame for Mitre of the week status because they've been bad in the past week, which is a real bummer. I mean, I know. Higgy's been sliding basically since the second week of the season, but Gary was my Yankee of the week last week and he's slumped badly in the week since then combined between them. They've gone three for 27 with just three walks and one extra base hit, which was a double uh, in the past week. So obviously catchers are normally asked to be more defenders than hitters, but they got to do a little better than three for 27. Yeah. It it was nice to see Gary kind of, kind of heating up a little bit last week. And like you said, you, he was your Yankee of the week. So that was a good call. It's definitely been rough. Like Higashioka, I'm just like, he's just kind of doing what I expected him to do with the, at the plate, yeah. like very much feared overexposure and uh, we're getting it. So I'm not too 
sad about that. Obviously, you know, I don't want him to do poorly. It'd be fun if he was actually, you know, hitting really well like he was the first two weeks. But it kind of stings a little bit more to see Gary, you know, slump so hard after, you know, what seemed like, you know, he was kind of getting into his groove. But hopefully maybe just a bad week and, he, you know, they can pick things up. Yeah, I guess I will give Higgy minor shout out for, you know, catching the no hitter because like that's not nothing. Kluber was definitely very complimentary of of Higgy's work after the game. So maybe I should rescind the uh, Higgy aspect of this and just give it to uh, Gary, unfortunately. Hey, Gary caught uh, Montgomery's great start against the White Sox. That's true. That's true. That was also a really good outing. Not a no hitter, but very good outing. Hey, if Jordan Montgomery, left-handed pitcher, can have 11 strikeouts against the White Sox, I'm going to give Gary credit. So either they're both in the tree of the week or neither of them are. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're back to just uh, ragging on the Phillies and the Blue Jays. (laughs) Yes. Well, Blue Jays are playing the Rays as we're recording this on Monday afternoon. So maybe they'll actually win a game. Oh, nope. They're losing 5-3 in the sixth. So yeah, hopefully they'll continue their losing ways as the Yankees play the Blue Jays in this upcoming three-game set. So. Or, you know, knowing them, they'll start to, you know, just play a lot better when facing the Yankees for some reason. <laughs> <That'd be> annoying. <laughs> well, we will see what Kluber does for an encore anyway, because that he'll start uh, tonight, uh, the day that this goes up. So we'll so see. What you're saying is perfect game or bust? Exactly. Maybe, yeah. Will, will Corey Kluber be Johnny Vanderveer? Probably not, but hey, we can hope, right? I can certainly hope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got anything else or are we done? No, I think we're good. Cool. All right. Well, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mern's PSA. Where are you this week? I'm at Mern's PSA. Oh, wow. Why wow. Not? We're both at Mern's PSA. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. When you send the tweet, the, the, the Twitter bots and the Twitter servers will know exactly how to deliver the message to me. Yeah, it'll, it'll go to your phone somehow. Yes, somehow. <laughs> Actually, it'll go to your brain through the uh, the vaccine that you got because that's, yes, that's, the, that's what the microchips are for. <laughs> ah, of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Go Yankees. Keep winning. Winning is good. Bye-bye. Maybe Michael King will make it back onto the leaderboard next week. Stay tuned. Fingers crossed. <laughs>